0: Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word, and it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, welcome, one and all, wherever you are, here as well, to the First Baptist Church in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Uh, It's gonna be a New Year's message today because today is New Year's Day, coincidentally. And um, the title of this message was No Need for New Year's Resolutions. No Need for New Year's Resolutions. How many people have made New Year's resolutions? Yeah, (laughs) yes. Somebody said, well, I wanted to lose 20 pounds, but nobody likes a loser, So, so anyway. We'll be reading from uh, Luke shortly, Joe is anyway, where Jesus' mother Mary and her husband Joseph, they went to Jerusalem. You'll find out why, because they were faithful Jews. And uh, we'll let Joe read the scriptures.
1: Happy New Year's. Happy New going to be a Luke. 2 starting at 21 On the 8th day when it was time to circumcise him he was named Jesus and the name of the angel had given him before he had been see- conceived When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present to the Lord as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of law required. Simon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, You now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people, Israel. Praise God. Thank
0: you very much, Joe. Let's start with a word of prayer, shall we? Again, Heavenly Father, it's so good to be here in the house of the Lord on the Lord's Day. We thank you for everyone that's here, and those that are listening, wherever you may be, and those that are watching. We appreciate that, and uh, we just ask you to help us to concentrate, not be distracted, to listen, because this message uh, has been prepared for each one of us, uh, not just as a group, but as, in, as us individually. And uh, we pray that you'll help us to have our ears open and also our hearts to receive the message that you have for us today. And we can take into the new year and also for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus, they had to travel to Jerusalem, the big city of Jerusalem. They came from their small town in Nazareth and the journey would take them about a week. So you can imagine how difficult that must have been in those days and under the circumstances and the, and the roads traveling with a little baby. Uh, didn't have a car seat either, you know, I wouldn't think so. So having arrived, maybe they stayed somewhere at an inn or whatever the case. We don't know, but they had to go to the temple And they went to the temple for two reasons, the fact that they were Jews, to dedicate baby Jesus to the Lord. And that's oftentimes, we do that even today, we dedicate babies to the Lord. And also number two, to make sacrifices for the ritual cleansing following Jesus' birth. That's what uh, was required of women to be ritually cleansed in the temple after giving birth. You can read more about that in Leviticus chapter 12. If you can write that down and read that later on, what that all means. And it says in verse 39, having gone to the temple and doing those things that were required of the law, they finished everything required by the law. They were devout Jews. All of this for Jesus, who was destined to be the perfect sacrifice to end all sacrifices because of Jesus' death on the cross. There'd be no need for a temple and no need for religious rituals. Amen. Many people around the world, probably you included, partake in a ritual every year. They dress up, they go to parties, celebrate and welcome in a new year. It marks a new beginning, amen? A fresh start, time to put our good foot forward, turn over a new leaf to be better, to be a better person. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And we all look forward to and forget about the past and we can look forward with optimism in this new year. Another ritual is making New Year's resolutions. Some people do, some people come to the conclusion they can't keep them anyway. But um, making New Year's resolution, if you haven't found out already, probably doesn't really make a change, a permanent change, in the hearts of people. Only Jesus can bring a permanent change into people's lives by having a heart that has received him as their personal savior. The Old Testament sacrificial system couldn't achieve a change of heart because the law was insufficient to deal with the problem of sin. The Jews had to keep going back year after year after year after year year for forgiveness and cleansing, but Jesus only had to do it once, by his sacrificial death on a cross. He bore the punishment of our sins and the sins of the whole world on his own body, so we could be forgiven of our sins and be freed from the penalty of eternal death, in other words, separation from God forever and ever. In the Old Testament times, when a sin offering was made, the person would place their hands on an innocent animal to acknowledge their sinfulness and their need to turn from that sin. In other words, turning from that sin required them to repent, and you've probably heard that word before, to repent, it means to turn from sin. And they had to keep doing it over and over and over and over. And that poor innocent animal had to shed its blood. The life of that innocent animal would have to be taken and its blood shed as an offering for the sin of that person that put his hand on the head of that innocent animal. The law of Moses... Given to the people of Israel was clear. And they agreed with it. And they said, if they obeyed the law, they would be blessed. But if they disobeyed, they would be cursed. And they said, no problem, we'll keep the law. Did they? No. They turned the idea was to turn from their sins to God and if they did that he would have compassion upon them and restore them back into fellowship. In other words where there is true repentance God will forgive because he's a compassionate loving forgiving God. He will forgive and bring about a permanent change in the heart and that's That's the only way that we can do God's will. Having a true permanent change in our hearts. Willpower is not gonna do it, doesn't work. Keeping New Year's resolutions will not do it, doesn't work. Thankfully, because no one could keep the Old Testament, the old covenant laws, God created a new covenant, which would bring about a permanent change in the hearts of people." Um, let me quote from the prophet Jeremiah. Well, I'll let you read it for yourself, because of time. We haven't really got time for that, because I'm not going to cut down on the message either. So. You can write this down, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. And it talks about, as a prophecy about the new covenant where God could bring about a change in the hearts of people. And that would come about by him creating a new covenant. And that came about through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and faith in him. Before Jesus came, repentance became a real problem for the people of Israel. They knew the law. They knew what they were supposed to do. They did all the sacrifices. But they didn't have a heart's change. They didn't have a change of heart. So they were living in darkness. They rebelled against God, even though they said they wouldn't. But they didn't have the power to change. Their hearts were not changed. Their hearts had become hard, even though many of them were very, very religious. Their hearts had become hard. But thankfully, there was still a remnant. There's always God, always as a remnant of faithful people, not just in our times, but also in the Old Testament. The remnant, this remnant, believed the promises of God. They were justified before God by faith, believing in the coming of a promised Messiah. And who was that? Jesus. And there, that old man, that old devout Jew, Simeon, was holding the Messiah. In his arms. He took that baby Jesus in his arms and he thanked God. He said, my eyes. This is what he'd been waiting for. My eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light that will disclose the truth to a multitude of people. And the glory of your people Israel. And Simeon turned to Mary, Jesus' mother. He says, He, Jesus, is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that would be opposed, was in the opposed. They crucified him, didn't they? Why? So that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. The inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Hold that thought. And a sword will pierce your own soul as well, because she would be there at the cross, watching her beloved son go through that excruciating pain and suffering and shedding his blood. Before Jesus came, Repentance was always expected even in the Old Testament when that sacrifice was made. And likewise, turning from our sins is necessary if we want to enjoy the blessings and the benefits that God can give us. And the peace of God you can't find anywhere else. So sin begins in the heart that's hidden. Those inner thoughts that Simeon was talking about that no one else could see, but God does. Sin begins in the heart that's hidden from view until it's revealed evidently by the things that we say, by through our tongues, through our actions, and our attitudes. Our attitudes. Jesus said that himself. It's a heart problem. Let's turn to it. If you'd like it, like, I'll read it anyway. Matthew chapter 15. What does Jesus say about the heart? In verse 18 through 20. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart and make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. It's it's nothing on the outward appearance that makes a man unclean. It's what comes from the heart. All those things that we've mentioned begins in the heart. It's hidden from view until it's revealed by what I said. The things that we say. The things that we do. And our attitude. Sin begins in the hidden heart. Things may appear okay on the outward, but inwardly, not necessarily. It's not on the inside. I remember when I was a child, we used to, uh, we have pork pies in England. Have anyone been to England? Well, when you go to England, unless I bring you one back, (laughs) assuming I go to visit my dear sister, we have pork pies. You have, you have apple pies. This is made out of meat, out of, out of pig meat, basically, and it's got gristle in there and everything, and uh, I was partial to a pork pie once in a while. There's a store around the, around the corner, and I bought the pork pie. and Instead of eating the whole thing and gobbling it down, I decided I was gonna just cut it in half, eat half of it now, and eat the other half later. Thankfully I did. I cut it in half and it was rotten. It was green on the inside. It looked really good and appetizing, but you couldn't tell what was inside it until you cut it open. And of course my mother took it back to the shop. It was kind of a fancy place. They catered for you know the, uh, some of the rich people in the area. Not us, we weren't rich but we weren't poor either. And they gave her a whole bunch of groceries to keep her quiet so she wouldn't Mm -hmm. go around telling everyone that my son bought this rotten pork pie. So, you know, it was hidden from view. It was rotten. It was on the inside. That's what the heart is like. You can't see it. But it can reveal all those rotten things that Jesus talked about. Amen. That's where it comes from. Sin starts in the heart, see? Only God can see it. We can't. We, we see the evidence of it by the things that we say and we do and we think about. Things on the outside of a person is no indicator of what's happening on the inside. See, man looks upon the outward appearance, doesn't he? And somebody complimented me on this suit. I got it from the clothes closet, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> Man, free. So you're not telling me God doesn't bless and benefit. Didn't have to pay for it. Man looks upon the outward appearance, and you'd probably take a lot more notice if I was wearing T-shirt, shorts and flip flops. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Sin in the heart can go unnoticed until God shines a light on it and brings about a cure by confession and repentance, turning from it sin is also exposed by the preaching of the word of god and also the reading of the word of god somebody said and i've said it myself we don't so much as read the bible as the bible reads us amen hebrews 4:16 the word of god is sharper than a two-edged sword piercing unto It divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge, listen, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we have to give an account one day. If you're a Christian, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If you're not a Christian, then you'll stand before the great white throne. And according to the Bible, you're already condemned because you've never had your sins forgiven. The wages of sin, and I wonder how many times I've mentioned that word sin. A lot of of preachers, you're not going to hear that word at all. But that's what the Bible says. And I'm not reinterpreting the Bible. I'm just explaining what it means. Believers in Christ are saved when they receive Jesus as their personal saviour. It's at that split second we receive the Holy Spirit. And he lives in us. And because he lives in us, He is able to convict us of the sin in our hearts that maybe we're not even aware of. And then what he does, it's exposed by him to show us. So we are able to confess it and then turn from it. Why? In order to be liberated from guilt, from guilt. One true um, evidence that you are born again, that you are truly saved, if you consciously rebel against God and sin against God and you know that it's wrong and you still do it, you feel great conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it doesn't bother you. You just do what comes naturally. And you don't even feel guilty about it. So if you're wondering if you're saved or not, if you feel guilt, that's evidence that you are a Christian. And then you can confess it. Agree with God because the Holy Spirit is pointing it out. And then turn from it. Don't keep going back to it. God's light shines. His light into our hearts. He shows us things in our life that grieves him. God can be grieved. And sin grieves God, especially the sin in, an unbelie- in a believer, because unbelievers don't know any better. Whereas we do. And I'm not trying to put anyone on a guilt trip. So then we should acknowledge, we should confess and turn from it. If we don't turn from it, we keep going back to that same old darling sin that we we haven't truly repented. We haven't truly repented. So let me conclude. And you can watch this message on YouTube and then count the amount of times I've mentioned the word sin. I haven't counted it, but it's probably a lot. But it needs to be said in this new year. It's okay turning over a new leaf, but we need to. We need to move on. We need to mature in our faith. That's what God wants. God's light shows us things in our life that grieve him. And the good news is, because we've received Christ as our saviour, we are forgiven of all of our sins in general. That's a done deal. All of them. Past, present and future. That's why we remember the Lord's death on the cross when we have communion, the Lord's Supper. He did it. It is finished. Job done. Mission accomplished. He's already paid the price for our sins. However, as long as we live in this mortal body, we we will sin. That doesn't excuse it. Neither should it. We will sin in one form or another. But because we've been adopted into his family, we can come boldly before our Father in heaven without fear knowing that he will forgive us his desire is to restore us back into fellowship and it's for our own benefit and peace of mind and if you want to be blessed then we need to do God's will and not our own stubborn will We don't have to live in darkness anymore because we've received the light of the world into our heart. He's given us a new heart. He's performed heart surgery when we received him as personal saviour. That's what the new covenant is all about. The old covenant could never do that. Following laws and rituals that could never have a heart change in the lives of people. We don't need to keep on making New Year's resolutions that we can't keep. The problem with New Year's resolutions is they come in one year and out the other. (laughs) Boom, boom. We don't have to worry or feel condemned despite our good intentions to turn over a, good, a, a, a new leaf, put our good foot forward, our best efforts to be a better person. Can't do it. Only God can change a person's heart. And because of our faith in God's Son, by his Spirit who lives in us, He's going to be faithful. He's going to reveal the sin in our heart that we probably already know about because he's pointed it out to be confessed and to be repented of. So, good news is today we celebrate the beginning of a new year, 2023. But thankfully, we can celebrate God all year round every day who has graciously made a new covenant with us so we're able by the power the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us to keep those New Year's resolutions every day to keep his word that we could never keep by our own willpower. Amen. Well, Happy New Year to each and every one of you. And may God bless us, everyone. Amen. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can enjoy the benefits and the blessings that you want to give us. You are a benevolent, loving Father and what father doesn't love their children and want to give them blessings and benefits? He wants to give us peace that this world cannot give. He wants, to be, wants us to be free from sin and, and guilt that that brings about in our lives so we can be liberated and set free and live an abundant life. Help us by your grace to yield to your Holy Spirit and not grieve him and succumb to the sins of the flesh that can damage our souls If maybe somebody listening to this message and you've never received Jesus Christ this is the, a great time to do it any time is a great time to do it And uh, for your own sake, for your own eternal destination, I hope and pray that you will call upon the name of Jesus. His name means Savior. And there's only one Savior. And if you call upon him to save you from your sins and give you a home in heaven when you die, then he will. And go and tell people, about Him and what He's done for you, so others can do the same. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you again for
0: tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. For Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts.
1: If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to
0: call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.